Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. So you know how much I'm into trying to get you to save money for your future. And we got to talk about that about where you're putting your savings for the future. So today, probably somewhere around two-thirds or three-quarters of employers offer a Roth 401k option with their 401k. You know, there's both the traditional 401k that gives you a current tax deal, and then all the money grows in the account tax-sheltered, And then when you retire, everything you contributed, everything you earned is taxed. The Roth 401k works the opposite. And the way it works is you get no upfront tax deductions. After-tax dollars go in that Roth 401k. And then you earn money all through the years. When you retire, all the money in that Roth 401k is yours tax-free. It is a 401k equivalent of my obsession with Roth IRAs. But I want to tell you my obsession is even stronger now for Roth options versus doing traditional IRA or traditional 401k. And we have a ticking time bomb with the budget deficits that we have accumulated in the United States that have gone absolutely berserk because of the spending because of coronavirus the spending because of coronavirus has been necessary to prevent another great depression but it's a bill that's going to be due and have to be paid tax rates now on individual income are unusually low by historical numbers in fact before coronavirus as a result we were running massive budget deficits already each year so that was a time bomb we were going to have to deal with then you throw on top of it the massive deficits and the trillions of dollars just this year alone and what we'll have next year because of corona and you can see what's going to happen i mean this is so easy to predict that it's just so clear that we are going to have higher tax rates to deal with the deficits we will have accumulated. The alternative of significantly reducing federal spending is not a likely thing. It doesn't seem to be what we ever do in the United States, no matter what politicians might say about wanting to reduce spending. It's not what happens. So, that makes it even more imperative that the savings you do for your future be in a Roth option, not traditional. Because 
if you think of it this way, if you forego the current tax deduction you would get from doing a traditional 401k or traditional IRA and pay the tax bill up front, you avoid decades down the road or years down the road having to pay tax on the money in each of those at much higher rates. So in the past, I've always said people should do Roth options anyway because you end up tricking yourself, it's a behavioral economics thing, and saving effectively more money. Because when people go from a traditional to a Roth 401k, they generally don't reduce what percent of their pay is going into the plan. So this is a really important thing for you to do is to convert from traditional to Roth. All right, now let's say you work for the, one of the very small number of employers that still don't offer a Roth 401k. What do you do? Well, if you're disciplined enough and eligible to do a Roth IRA, your first savings for retirement work this way. If your employer offers a match on the traditional 401k, you put in to seize the full amount of that match. Then any additional savings you would do for retirement go in your own Roth IRA. On the other hand, if an employer offers no match on that traditional 401k, then from the first dollar you save for retirement, it goes in your own Roth IRA. And this is going to be a huge thing for people if, let's say, you're 40 years old, and so your retirement's 25 years away. You can't predict anything with certainty, but the mathematical odds are so overwhelming that you will secure a better retirement if you do the Roth versions of saving versus traditional, that it will give you much better bang for every buck that you save. It's time for your questions you've posted for me at clark.com ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternate asking your questions for you. And Kim, who's up? This is from Scott in California, and Scott says, Living here in California, many homes have installed solar panels. However, there seem to be so many different options. How do I know if I should buy or lease or what to ask companies to make sure that they're reputable? Has Clark ever researched solar panels? (laughs) 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 Have I ever researched solar panels? I am broadcasting from my home studio and the power to our house uh, is being provided by the panels. We have I'm so into it, and fortunately we had the land to do so. We have a solar farm at our house instead of rooftop panels. And so we have a huge install of panels because that's how much I'm into it. I also have a strong feeling that unless you're offered a sweetheart deal on a lease, you want to do a purchase of solar panels there are there are some sweetheart deals on the solar leasing and if you do find one of those and it really makes sense for you to do that you can go for that 
On the other hand, if you don't find a really fantastic opportunity for you to do a lease, then for long-term benefit, it's to your advantage for you to just pay for that thing and have that solar available to you. One other thing that has changed so much is that there's enormous benefit if you do put solar on your house to add to it battery backup. Pretty much everybody offers battery backup systems who install solar now. And the reason is there's been a political movement in the country to try to um, hurt people installing solar at their houses by mistreating you on what happens during the times of day that you're generating excess power from your panels, that they cheat you on that uh, at the utility company. And so having your own battery that you store excess power on protects you from power outages and gives you the full benefit of all the power your panels can handle. I also wanted to mention that Tesla, which has been a 98-pound weakling in solar, has now become the most aggressive price-wise on installing solar on people's homes and so it's a good idea to get a quote from tesla as well as other players if you're considering going solar joel clark jim in georgia says what happened to that promise you made a few years back that average cell phone bill would be around ten dollars by now well there are ten dollar cell phone plans but they're not robust so I was wrong on the overall cell phone bill being 10 bucks because at the time I made that prediction, data was not a big part of the action. Now, most of us pay much more for the data side of our cell phone bill than we do calling and texting. If you look at the pure calling and texting, it turns out I was pretty spot on with the pricing. But because of the data side, most of us, if we, and for many of us, unlimited data is what we need. The effective cost of that on a family plan is roughly for unlimited talk, text, and data, works out to be about 25 a month for an individual shopping around. You're going to pay about 40 to $50 a month for unlimited plans. So my 10 a month was a false promise based on my lack of understanding how important data would become. Kim? Lane in California says, at stores when they ask me to donate for a cause, does all that money go to charity or does the store take a handling fee? Am I doing the right thing by donating at a store? So this is something that kind of works out for everybody. I'm not aware of any store that skims off any of the money that they're collecting for a charity. And the store takes the money that you donate, they give it to whatever organization it is, and then they get enormous positive publicity that the store gave blah, blah, blah amount of money to whatever cause, even though the money actually came from you as a customer, not the store itself. It can be an enormously valuable outlet for organizations. And 
I'll give you an example. I'm on the board of the Prostate Cancer Foundation, and there was a major supermarket chain that used to do the thing collecting at the register, and the store then would throw in extra money on top of what people donated, and that was worth millions of dollars for research for us improving the care and survivability of prostate cancer. So I can tell you, having been on the other side of it, that kind of donation program at retail checkout can be very valuable to an organization that you value and you want to support. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Kevin is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Clark. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. So, Kevin, you are quite an entrepreneur. You got some rental properties (laughs) bringing in money for you, and you got a money puzzle you want to run by me. Yes, that's correct. I'm uh, 44, actually turned 44 yesterday. and Well, uh, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. And I'm trying to figure out a way to, you know, retire here, you know, before it's, uh, you know, before I'm in 70. Like my dad's currently 70 years old, still working, and and I don't want to be there. So uh, I have um, three properties, uh, two that I currently rent. One's a long-term rental over by the UCF College. Another one's up in Ormond Beach, and that's a short-term rental where I Airbnb it. And then we have our primary house that we live in. One house I owe like 120000 another one like one twenty-five, and another one like 165 So they're all making me money um, currently, but I, I figured I have a 401k that um, is a Roth 401k through work that um, I was thinking about taking money out of there to pay down or pay off most of one of these houses to uh, pay it off earlier and um, have no interest. And right now, I heard you can take money out of your 401k without any penalty or the 10% penalty. So I just yeah, wanted you, to you present You present such an interesting scenario, 44 years old. You've built up, uh, sounds like, a lot of money in your Roth 401k. How much total do you have in it? The Roth portion, I have about 100000 and then uh, my traditional 401k, I have, uh, another 150000 You should be really proud of yourself that in your early 40s, you've already saved a quarter million. And so I would not want you to raid either the Roth or the traditional just because you'd avoid the 10% penalty. Remember, with the Roth yeah. money, that money is going to flow to you completely tax-free in retirement. So there's no Correct. victory and you pulling any of that money out to pay down on the mortgages on the properties, the two rental properties and the personal, let's talk about a different strategy, okay? Okay. Your rentals, based on what you said, are cash flow positive, right? Correct. 
and you don't need to live on that money right now because you're still earning your good paycheck, right? Correct. How long are the mortgages on those two rentals? I just refinanced them back in December um, for to 15 years on both of them. And so they're both at about three and a rental properties, three and a half percent? Um, the rental property, uh, well, one was my second home they considered, so I got a little lower rate. I think that was like three percent, and then the true rental one, and they had at 3.4, I think. Okay. And then your primary residence, what do you add on that? That's um, 3.5 right now. Okay. So here's the move I would make. Leave the two rental properties as they are, and mm -hmm. if you can swing the monthly payment, refi that principal residence into a 15-year loan that today will carry a rate with for people with good credit scores around 2.55, 2.625, somewhere in there. Okay. And then you're on a trend line that you're done with all these properties completely paid off in your late 50s. You're paying yep. extremely low interest on them. You go into, let's say you early retire in your late 50s, you then have these properties that you're generating uh, a huge cash flow from to live on in retirement, plus you will have built up a great deal more money than the quarter million you have today in retirement accounts. To me, that's the ticket, not taking a shortcut to trying to be mortgage debt free. There's no reason for you to do that in your okay. situation because you put yourself in such a great spot as things are now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you being empowered with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. And I want you to know that my nickname with my family forever was the carryout kid. I historically have had a diet that is amazing. I'm still standing, walking, breathing, and living because I've had enough fast food in my lifetime that it would probably cover the fast food wants of a dozen or so people. I have improve my eating habits over time and I eat a lot more meals at home now eat a lot of um, fruit and not quite enough vegetables but eat uh, eat a significant number of vegetables so uh, even an old dog can be caught taught new tricks but I still do eat fast food and a trend that has become part of my life and other fast food person's lives are having endless apps for reward programs. Something that was not present during the Great Recession in 2007, 8, 9 when fast food chains and quick serve restaurants 
were doing very heavy discounting to try to get people in. Well, the problem with that discounting was people got addicted to that, and it became very difficult, even when the economy improved, to get places, uh, get consumers to accept places raising prices. So I'm looking through my phone, and I can't even begin to believe how many different fast food place apps I have on my phone. This is stunning. I'm already at 11 as I'm talking to you. 12, 13, oh my goodness, 14. This is terrible, isn't it? I am a fast foodaholic, 15, 16. I have 16 of them. So why do I have them? Because the big change that smartphones have made possible is the fast foods and quick serves have converted to doing shadow discounting through their apps rather than trying to, and they do this in order to avoid doing very heavy discounting that anybody walking up can get. That using loyalty reward as a way to give people discounts turns out to be far more lucrative for places than just doing straight discounts that anybody walking up or anybody driving through would get. Wendy's has joined this parade and Wendy's is launching Wendy's Rewards and it's going to be a typical loyalty program. I've looked through it. It seems very similar to the ultra-successful Chick-fil-A app that is both a means to order food remotely, pay for it remotely, and get reward points that accumulate like frequent flyer miles that you can then redeem against a redemption chart for different items. And so Wendy's seems very much to be mimicking that. One thing for you if you're a Chick-fil-A follower, know that it takes more point equivalent to reward treats than it does other items. So don't use your points at Chick-fil-A for shakes and things like that. Use them for regular menu items because the redemption of points is usually lower than it is for treats. Just a tip for you. Starbucks is launching or relaunching their app-based program and reward program to be much more flexible and the methods you pay, and the rewards you can earn. And this is a trend you're going to see as, uh, as restaurant chains may have trouble meeting their sales targets. They're going to fatten their rewards and offer additional incentives for, let's say, multiple visits in a seven-day period, that sort of thing, in order to get more visits out of what is called, ironically enough and unfortunately enough, the heavy eaters in the fast food and quick serve business. A heavy eater is not an overweight person. It is somebody who comes to a particular establishment multiple times a week, account for a big share of the profits. And that's why if you frequent a particular place and you've not downloaded their app and their reward program, do so because they will very nicely reward you. It's time for your questions. You've posted at clark.com slash ask. Producers Kim and Joel alternate. Whose turn is it? 
Mine and Fred's turn. He says, Clark, when should I look for a financial advisor? Should I be waiting for retirement or should I be hiring somebody prior to uh, hitting that retirement button? So good question. And it depends on your situation. When you need a financial planner, advisor, whatever, is when you don't know what your life plan is, how much, let's say you can't figure out what your goals should be, how much money you should be saving in different things. If you need them to really focus you on getting your act together with having wills in place and directives and having proper life insurance to protect your family. If you need truly an overall picture and plan, that's when you need someone. As you approach retirement, you need someone to know whether or not you really are safe retiring at the point you want to. Do you have the money in place and the tools in place to retire? So the the real value of the expertise of a financial advisor or planner is the overall picture. You don't need an advisor to pick your funds for you. Any of the robos do that uh, for free or nearly for free perfectly adequately. Uh, The most important thing I hear from financial advisors when people come to them from about age 35 to age 50 is people are stressing that they haven't saved enough money for retirement and what hits the financial advisor or planner in the face is that the individual is overspending and has a big debt problem. So what you really need to focus on is living on less than what you make and using simplified funds as a way to build up money. And I like the target retirement funds that are available to you and Roth IRAs, 401ks, that kind of thing. But the financial advisor's goal, role and goal is different and should be all about doing the checkups with you and the goal setting. Kim? Donald in Ohio says, you say to wait until 70 to collect Social Security. You say, do the math, because waiting increases your benefit by 8% a year. But I've heard that Social Security says that benefits will have to be cut by 25% by the year 2034. So doesn't the math really say, take what you can get as soon as you can get it? So that is an interesting conundrum that you offer, because unless the Congress gets its act together, and does either a delay in when people receive Social Security or an increase in taxes, or most likely both, we are going to run out of funds for Social Security, and there will have to be a reduction in the benefit. We won't run out of all money. It just means the benefit would have to be reduced. And the poster's right that we would end up with a trend line of reduction in benefit. But the greatest activity of voting is by people that are older and they are the ones that are most likely to be politically active and in the era politicians politicians do not like to annoy alienate or anger older voters and so i think that even though it would have been better if there would have been reform of social security 
five or six years ago, the reality is, and it gets more expensive each year delayed, I think that the Congress will eventually come up with a Social Security reform that will eliminate the possibility of a drastic reduction in people's benefits. And I don't think I'll be wrong about that, but if I am wrong, then it would be true. Take it while you can get it. Joel? Clark Aaron in Florida says, My daughter is 24 years old. She's working part-time and needs health insurance. She wants to be able to select her own doctor. So where would you suggest she begin looking to get health coverage? So this is a puzzle because if she buys really comprehensive coverage, she's going to need to go on healthcare.gov. And there's open enrollment period that comes up in the fall. And you're able to buy a robust plan that will allow, depending on which bronze, silver, gold, or platinum plan she would pick, will allow her the list of doctors to choose from. Some plans are much more restrictive than others. She'll have to choose that way. But the advantage of choosing one on healthcare.gov is that it gives uh, really robust coverage after the significant deductibles that are available on the plans. The downside is the premiums for really comprehensive coverage that doesn't exclude any pre-existing condition. Those plans are expensive, not nearly as expensive for her as 24 as it would be for someone who's older, but they're expensive. So the alternative out there is to buy what I call fake insurance, which is a temporary health plan. They're called temporary but they're one-year plans that exclude pre-existing conditions and have limited coverage amounts available, but they're very, very cheap. They're good for routine kind of things, a disaster if anything serious happens to you. So it's a matter of what you can afford. If she can afford a real policy at healthcare.gov, that's what she should get. If she can't afford that, she could buy fake insurance from one of these one-year temporary plans, or if you are religiously affiliated, she could go in a religious co-op for less expensive but not particularly comprehensive coverage. Kim? This is from Christy in Georgia. Christy says, back in May, I called my car insurance company to inquire about the status of my COVID refund. They said that it would be issued in June. I've still received nothing. Has anyone gotten these refunds? Yes, and what you should do is call your state insurance department because insurance is regulated state by state. And if they make an inquiry to your insurer, you'll see that money really fast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kaylee is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Kaylee, congratulations. I understand you're getting married later in the fall. Is that right? Yeah, thanks. It's um, going to be in October. Well, that is very exciting. And 
how can I be of service to you with your upcoming wedding? Well, um, not only do we have the wedding going on, but we are in this crazy housing market right now. And uh, my coworker, Tim, knows all of this. And he's like, you got to watch this guy's show or we'll listen to it. Um, and with all this going on, um, my question is, what are the steps me and my fiance need to take after the wedding, like after we're married financially? So as far as the house, have you identified what you're likely to buy and that part you're really good with, but it's like, what should you be doing going forward? I mean, we've lost out on three offers already. I mean, that's how crazy it is. So we kind of know our budget and what we would look be looking at for a housing payment. But um, I just don't want to get caught up in like honeymoon or just housing and all of that and forget things like retirement and things that we need to be talking about financially, I guess. So we're doing a pre-marital counseling session here. <laughs> so Yeah, um, well, I don't want to forget anything, you know? Sure. And you seem to know a lot about finances. Well, and the dynamics of couples, too, because I've seen everything over the years. So uh, one thing, have the two of you sat down and really talked, had a serious talk, about what each of your goals are and where you are today financially. We have, and I think we're, we're both kind of different. I'm more of a saver and he's more of a spender. Uh (laughs) So Uh uh, we make, I know (laughs) we make enough money, but the problem is I've heard it before. The more money you make, your living, you know, gets more expensive as opposed to you just save, you know, what you, you know, I'm making more of. So you come into this with different values about money. So Mm -hmm. I, I think you need to have another conversation about your expectations. So you live a life where you live on less than what you make, and that's not been a priority for him. And I will tell you, if you don't come up with an accommodation with each other before you get married, it will be a source of tension and frustration in your marriage so Mm -hmm. life involves compromise and a good marriage gets stronger when people communicate and come up with what will work for both of them and I would like for you if you think you can do it for the two of you to just approach it from you know I know I'm really into this saving thing and it's not really your thing but can we come up with a compromise of you saving a certain amount of your money every month at work? Does he have access Mm -hmm. to a retirement plan at work? Yeah, he does. And I do too. And honestly, mine's a little better, but he does well with saving. But unlike me, I, I wouldn't just spend a thousand dollars or more on something I want. Whereas he would be more likely to just splurge. Okay, I know um, what to do and, then. I, I know what to do for that. So when you're married, instead of fully commingling funds, you have uh, his account, her account, and a their account. So you have a household mm-hmm. account that each of you put money into every month for the mortgage, the utilities, uh, other joint household expenses that you have. 
and then you each retain a certain amount of your pay in your own bank account so that you don't get into this, why did you spend that on this, that, or the other thing? You know we can't afford that right now. So by having different values coming in, you don't want those values to harm the relationship. So if you have a certain amount of money that is his to blow and yours to save or or spend in a, a different kind of way, it eliminates a lot of those flashpoints. And best to both of you. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.